oh man, now I want to jump back onto my Final Fantasy IX save. Because I started that like maybe about a year and a half ago. And uh, I put a good little chunk of time into that game. I think I stopped like, what's that city you go to that was like just attacked and it's like all raining and everything? It's like, oh yeah. I can't think of the name of that that town but it's like one of the first times you fight what's his name like kuja like the i believe it's kuja yeah Yeah. i think you fight like the Mm -hmm. twin um like jokers or whatever they are yes yes i remember what you're talking about all yeah all i remember from that is like i i was so stunned by that game when i found out that uh Zidane, right? That's his name. Yeah, yeah. Zidane. Uh-huh. It, you're like a a weird clone, like crystal person <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Like, yeah, I was just like, what is happening? What is yeah. wrong with this game? Alexandria is that the the city we're thinking of? I think so. That must be it. Yeah. The uh, there, <laughs> that game had some really weird twists, like character twists, and it did it for like almost all of the characters yeah. in your party. They all had like some weird twist. Vivi's <laughs> like, you're just a soulless puppet created to be a, 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 a machination <laughs> yeah. of war. And it's like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> that's, that's fucking heavy for this adorable character. <laughs> oh, yeah. Steiner sucked, though. Yeah. I hated Steiner. Yeah, he's just a cop. Yeah. He's just a cop. Yeah, basically. <laughs> a cab, bro. Good, whatever time of day you're listening to this, folks out there. Uh, it is I, uh, the host of your favorite one and only, only existing gaming podcast, Backlit Games, Jordan Raddick, uh, joined by the fantastic, wondrous. Uh, we're off Band- to a great start. We are. Oh, man. <laughs> Band- <laughs> Corey Faust, everyone. Hello. 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 Uh, oh. We've been off for a couple weeks, if you can't tell. So we're just we're just going to ease right into this ease episode. right in. Just but- like a nice little, like a warm bath. <laughs> yeah, let's just sink right in. And we're going to sink right into all this juicy news that we've got, because we've got a big one, don't we? Yes, we do. A lot of PlayStation news, uh, mm-hmm. which is very exciting because as uh, as a couple of Sony ponies over here, <laughs> we can... <laughs> Sony ponies? You've never heard that one? I've never heard that. I've heard uh, like Nintendork, but I've never heard Sony pony. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the derogatory term for us uh, PlayStation oh. fanboys. <laughs> Oh, I don't like that. I know. I think that's why they use it. I think that's why they say it. You know what? So many ponies. You know who else is a pony, though? Who else? Uh, 
R&B singer Genuine made a song Pony. So <laughs> that song rocks. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to try and spin this, okay? Okay. <laughs> but yes, uh it is exciting. Um PlayStation did a showcase and that went on for what? Like 45 minutes about up close uh, to an hour. It it went yeah, it went for a little over 45 minutes and then they had um some developer talks for about 30 minutes afterwards um mm-hmm. with different games that had been showcased. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so that was pretty cool uh, to get a, just a little bit more info, you know, than you can get from the 30 second to three and a half minute trailer that mm-hmm. they showed during the showcase. But they yeah, showed off a uh, lot of good stuff. Some of the interviews felt very, um, you know, PR heavy regulated. You know, they didn't really feel like they dove into too much, of but course. some of them were pretty interesting. So. Uh, Anytime you get to see Cory Barlog talk, I feel oh, like that's that's interesting. I love that man. He is he is uh so charismatic. <laughs> oh yeah. He's such a fun person to listen to and watch talk about, you know, the things he works on or just other things in general. He's he's a funny dude. Uh, have you seen his um the Raising Kratos documentary? I still haven't. I've, it's on my list, and I'll probably watch it soon, but I still have not. It is It is definitely something that... Uh, watching him in that documentary, I'm like, this person is someone who is like just out there enough to be like a genius-level artist. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you have to have like that certain... Uh, I not necessarily like Kanye level. I think Kanye is like the very far end of this spectrum of this, mm-hmm. you know, like, but when you have to have that kind of like little bit of craziness to put out like genius level art. And I think yeah. that Corey Barlog is just, you know, weird and eccentric enough to, to hit that level. Yeah. Um, I, I really like him just, from what I've seen in interviews and, you know, following him on Twitter, I just think he seems like a very genuine down to earth person who also just has honed his craft after many years of being in the industry and working on these games. And he, you know, I don't, he, he wouldn't call himself a genius for sure. And I don't know that it would even be fair to put him in that category or whatever, and not to degrade like his talent. That's not that at all. I just, I think that he has worked so hard at this for so long to where he is just very, very good at what he does now, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and he knows how to communicate those things extremely well to people. And, um, I just I could watch him talk forever, you know. <laughs> Agreed. Yes, he's he's a wealth of knowledge. And I guess spoiler alert for something that was shown in the showcase. Though I'm sure by now, if you're listening to this, you know uh, we got a first glimpse of God of War Ragnarok. Yes. So we did. we're definitely going to get into that. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll uh, we'll uh. We'll save the best for last. Though. Yes. We'll save the best for last. <laughs> just like they did during the showcase. Made, exactly. You know, just tease you a little bit and then make you wait all, all the way to the end. Um, but they did start the showcase off with a bang by announcing uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake. Yeah. Uh, huge, 
huge way to start the show. Like, even though it was like huge. the most simple teaser, teaser, you know, it was it was hardly anything. It was just the outline mm-hmm. of you know a character, and you didn't really get to see who they were, and uh, and what a narrator uh, talking about you know Star Warsy shit over the top of it. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you see the lightsaber go off. And it lights up the mask, and it was uh, the Sith. I can't think of his name, but the the, the main bad guy from, mm-hmm. you know, Kotor. So, Revan. Yeah, Revan. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what a way to start the show, man. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so the game is being developed by Aspire Media, um, mm-hmm. who really up until now haven't done anything I would say of this scale. No. Um, but. But they have done some notable ports of old Star Wars games. Um, they've done uh, the first two Jedi Knight games. They brought them to Switch and PlayStation along with uh, Star Wars Republic Commando. And they did the uh, Mac ports of Star Wars and Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. And mm-hmm. this is a little known fact that people don't know and I think is really cool. And I want everyone to actually know. If you go to Aspire's website... They have DLC for the Mac, like, App Store version of Knights of the Old Republic 2 that restores cut content from the game. So... Oh, was I it ha- them that provided that? Yes. Okay, because so, I, was, I was just hearing about this the other day, and I th- thought for whatever reason it was a mod, like a user-made mod. I didn't realize it was from Aspire. I think, for one, it's a user-made mod, but Aspire okay. themselves, for, for two, uh, they supply it themselves. So okay. that, that really gives me faith about them um, doing this uh, remake. Mm-hmm. That you know they've they've got a pedigree working with Star Wars games. Clearly, they know Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe they'll add some some uh, of the cut content. I am curious if this is going to maintain the like turn based combat of the original. Uh, yeah, because it was kind of. I you don't really think of it that way because it wasn't turn based in like the most traditional sense of it, but it really was. Yeah, yeah, you just kind of clicked on a character and you chose the attack and then they went off and did the you know whatever that attack was. It's it's very it's literally like just a tabletop RPG battle system yeah. ported even even the your character's like stats they say you know roll a d20 and stuff like that or and make this kind of check and like so it's it's very yeah. very tabletop RPG inspired. So I think I think one thing the remake is going to do is bring a lot more of that just wording and and those systems kind of in line with modern rpgs yeah that would make Um, sense and i think you know they'll they'll probably streamline some of the ways that you do skills and upgrades and things like that but i'm really curious if they'll maintain the integrity of a lot of the side quests the dialogue choices and things like that. Or are they going to keep the... They they have to keep, you know, the the dark and light side meter, yeah. right? Like, Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it the way that the interview at the end of the showcase, the way that that interview sounded, it they made it seem like they're going to be pretty true to the original vision. Yes. You know, like, it sounds like it's going to 
you know, how, how in our episode where we talked about remakes and remasters and all of that, I think this is going to be a remake in the sense of like, we're going, it's going to feel like how we remember it feeling back then, but it won't actually play like how it did back then, you know, right. cause it'll be so modernized to where it'll, it'll still be respectful for how the game used to feel, but we're we're so used to how games feel now that it will feel more like in the present and and i i think it'll it'll go that route and then as far as like with the story goes um i can totally see them making some changes i don't think they changed the overarching narrative but i mm -hmm. can see them making some you know decent amount of creative changes you know or even changes based on you know maybe what the original team had envisioned but weren't able to accomplish you know do you see them making any Disney mandated changes or, no. or any, any sort of changes mandated by what, you know, the movie side may want to do with, because I think there, there have been rumors yeah. or talks of, of them at some point, either on Disney plus or in uh, the movies exploring that high Republic time period. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's an interesting question. I, and I could see this game being, you know, a way to kind of reintroduce that to the, the mass. Because public. that's an untapped, like wealth of storytelling there that Disney yeah. has not dived into at all. Yet exactly. The, the old Republic. Um, and that would be extremely interesting to see if Disney does try to insert themselves in some ways, but I don't know. I feel like Disney is pretty smart about, a, the developers they choose to make their games. Mind you, they have made some mistakes with EA, mm -hmm. but they're pretty smart about it. Um, and I also think they're pretty smart about how pushy they are by like inserting themselves into the, the creative process. You know, like I think they work with their directors pretty well yeah. for the most part. I mean, the new Star Wars movies weren't great. <laughs> but it's hard to say whose fault that was you know there was a lot of there was a lot of bad things happening <laughs> you know what has been great though the mandalorian that so has been very good maybe they should get john favreau and dave filoni to work on on the game there we go yeah mm -hmm. let's do it i'm okay with that problem solved <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this is exciting news. Um, yes. You know, Knights of the Old Republic remake from the ground up. Um, I mean, they didn't give us a date on this thing. They didn't really give us anything, any like tangible information on this thing. What um, do you What do you think as far as a date? What's your prediction? Oh, date? I don't think we're going to see this until like 2024, 2025. Really? Yeah. I think they showed us something that is very very early in development and then it's gonna get delayed so yeah i'll say like early 2024 you know okay i'm gonna go holiday 2023 okay um i think wait when's the next star wars movie scheduled scheduled to come out oh, that's uh, a great question i don't even know because I, I have a, I have a feeling that they're going to time it. They're going to try and time it like that. Um, I will say though, you could be closer to the time you know 
for this because i mean aspire did get bought up by a pretty big company recently they're a part of saber interactive now part of all of their subsidi uh, subsidiaries of game studios so they do have some money backing them up um, but the only reason why I feel like Aspire maybe will take longer with this is because, like you said earlier, they haven't really worked on anything of this scale. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that, that you know, kind of worries me a little bit. Um, so it looks like Rogue Squadron uh, is December 2023 as of right now. So that's okay. that I'm calling it for they they release Knights of the Old Republic holiday 2023 uh, to really capitalize on bringing Star Wars back to the holiday season. See, I almost feel like they would release a Rogue Squadron game. They just did though, and it didn't I do know, well. But 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 why not do another one? <laughs> I if they got a movie coming out in 2023, do a do a Rogue Squadron game along with it. Um, I maybe what they do is a oh okay here's what they do for that. Rogue Squadron gets a PS5 port with PSVR2 support. Oh, yeah, those are my two predictions. All you right. heard it here. You That's confirmed. Here. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a legitimate source confirmed. <laughs> we should um we should start doing like predictions. So like we're getting close to the end of the year, so maybe before the year's up or at the beginning of next year, we make a uh, a prediction of the year oh. what we think is going to happen in the year 2022. I'm already calling it now Breath of the Wild 2 gets uh, pushed out of 2022 <laughs> into 2023. That's my prediction for for, her, for next year. Yeah, we that that would be so much fun. Compile a list like, you know, it can be anywhere like 5 to 10 predictions for the year that we make and then we keep a tally on it throughout okay. the year to see who wins at the end of the year. And then whoever wins like buys dinner or something <laughs> oh that's wonderful i love that yeah i mean whoever you, loses by dinner right I mean. yeah. yeah you can't you can't take my prediction though now that you've heard it because no, I, <laughs> I mean th that would have probably been one that i would have said but yeah i, I wouldn't take it now <laughs> yeah, there's there's no way that game comes out 2022 but we do have a lot of news to get to so let's move oh, yeah. on to the next thing yes marvel spider-man 2 oh Yes. Oh my god. I've been itching to replay uh, Marvel Spider-Man and after seeing this trailer, I think I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go back and replay it. I'm going to finish my ultimate difficulty um new game plus Miles Morales save file that I have not finished. I I just recently did the Spider-Man remastered um ultimate difficulty new game plus on the PS5, and then was doing Miles Morales, but got kind of burnt out because I did Miles Morales, then Spider-Man Remastered, and was going straight back to Miles Morales. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But now I'm, I think I'm going to do it again. Um, man, 2023 looks, can't come soon enough. Oh, man, uh, it looks great. I mean... That was definitely uh, Craven in the trailer. Like, just, they, they didn't say it, that they didn't confirm it or anything, but what he was saying about, and the Russian accent, it's, that's, there's no way that that's not Craven. Which uh, one was Craven? Craven? Craven the Hunter? The Hunter. He's the he's the guy who's hunting Spider-Man and he's got the 
vest that's like a lion's face. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, See, I didn't I didn't put that together. I didn't put that to th- that together. But yeah. oh my god, it is exciting. I mean, we all we I feel like we kind of knew Venom was going to be a part of the second one, right? Like y- I I feel like it was obvious there was <clears throat> excuse me, there was a chance they could have, you know, mm-hmm. he just teased it in the second one and then really gone all out with Venom in the third one as a big bad. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that's the case. I think they are going to end up doing Superior Spider-Man for the third one. I think that's going to be the third, oh. the third game. Um, well, I was almost even going to say, what if they? What if the third game was just a Venom game? I so I think this is a trailer for the second game. We're talking about the third game already. I think I, <laughs> I think I think the third game is um, Superior Spider-Man and Green Goblin. Um, because in the first game they they set up uh you know Otto's got the degenerative neurological disease or whatever his body's failing uh-huh. him yeah. which is why in the comics he puts his brain into Peter's body cuz he's dying uh so they kind of set that up and then I very specifically remember when the game came out someone I think Game Informer or someone asked why the superior suit wasn't in uh that game oh, and they said okay. maybe we have plans for it like later down the road and i put that together instantly and i was like okay. they're gonna do the superior line like you're gonna have to play as miles and take down peter like <sighs> oh my god <clears throat> yeah anyways we're getting excited over <laughs> over my fan theories <laughs> And we totally glazed right over the actual trailer for Spider-Man 2. Trailer looks great. Which Uh, was amazing. That was such a good moment. Just, I think what looked like, you know, in-game cutscenes, very similar to how they did the the Miles Morales um, initial reveal with, like, the the cool hero shots and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm really, really excited for this. This is probably... This is arguably my most anticipated game. Um, yeah. Brian Intihar is returning as creative director uh, who did the first one. Uh, and I think that he just... This is my favorite iteration of Spider-Man in any mm-hmm. like version of media. Yeah. Uh, like this, you know, specific... I think Gary Lowenthal does a great job voicing Peter. Uh, I think that... Um, the cast around him playing, you know, Miles and MJ, I think are all already stand out. Yeah. I'm really excited for them to keep exploring like this world and Spider-Man's rogue gallery and building it out. Cause they had the whole sinister six in the first one. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah. I will be interested to see with Venom being in this, um, and possibly Craven, which you you make a good point. It does seem like it probably he probably will be you know one of the villains too. Yeah. But um, sometimes uh, when a game or even like a movie, like a Spider-Man movie, when they introduce too many villains, it tends to lose a little bit of like a focus, you know, on like right. one specific villain. Mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, 
if they will make Venom like that focus, you know, so there is that big bad and it's less muddied by all these other big bads, mm-hmm. you know? I think I think they did a good job in the first one and in Miles Morales both had a dual antagonists. Mm-hmm. In the first one, you had Mr. Negative and you had, you know, Dr. Octopus. And mm-hmm. I think they, they did a good job. You of, also had a couple others, too, right? Like, uh, yeah, you had. <clears throat> you had you had a uh, but the other ones didn't get any development really yeah. you only you only had the focus was on on these main yeah, that's on those two and the other ones it was just like oh like you know spider-man's been doing this for a couple years he's oh, fought these guys here. before <laughs> yeah he's got a history with them which i'm fine with at this point i don't need you know no, that's true no, you know, you're right you're absolutely right that's true because we've seen those other characters so many times we don't need to really hone in on that yeah their background uh, yeah okay i and get so, that and they 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 did the same thing in miles morales with they had prowler and tinkerer as mm-hmm. prowler's not exactly an antagonist but he you know he is a villain like spoilers for anybody who's not read a comic book in the past seven years prowler's a bad guy uh and so i you know they they sort of set him up also in this kind of weird position um, where he could be villainous later on in the end. Mm-hmm. And then Tinkerer, they really, you know, <clears throat> spend as much time as I can fleshing her out in what's basically a, a large expansion. But I, I think that they, this Insomniac team has shown that they can really handle multiple, balancing multiple villains. And so yeah. I think that they can do a good job with balancing a Craven storyline and a Venom storyline. Because the Venom storyline if we're going off what we've seen in these games so far, it's going to be, you know, Harry Osborn probably. And mm-hmm. so that's going to be kind of like the personal threat that Peter Parker is dealing with. And then there's going to be this external threat of Craven. And then, you know, so it's they're they're going to play different kind of, kinds of roles in the game. Yeah, that's true. So, okay, that that'll kind of play a very similar like juggling the you know the very personal with the external like you were saying um to how the first game did you know with yeah yeah with you know doc ock and and uh mr why can i think of his name negative yeah 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 so i think i think i'm i'm so stoked for that like when you get that uh that venom like that little bit of a tease of venom in the first game you know towards the end and just with the symbiote you know stuff mm-hmm. and then and then to see it like manifest in the trailer and this it's just like oh my god i'm so excited I'm so excited i i will say though i i am curious if they are because if you remember near the that like the last mj mission in the first game you when you're going through norman's like secret lab and you see a lot of like the prototype green goblin stuff like the pumpkin bombs and the mask and things like that do you think yeah do you think that's going to pay off in this one or are they going to save that for the third one hmm yeah i don't i don't know i mean i i liked your theory about what the third one's gonna be (laughs) but I'm, i'm hoping but they did tease that i totally forgot about that um yeah i mean you told we totally could see it manifest here i think we could i don't think that's out of the question Mm -hmm. but i feel like green goblin is at this point like in this 
you know, in Spider-Man's history, it's too big of like a a character to just have as like another one of those side villains, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I I feel like with the way they're kind of setting it up, it's it's got to be something that happens with Harry slash Venom that sort of sets Norman on this Green Goblin path. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. And that could be like a DLC for the game. Yeah. Something, you know, like a standalone DLC, like yeah. Green Goblin. I could see also, that. Prediction. That's mine. That's your, <laughs> nice. I'm here for it. I would also love to see them bring in um, Spider-Gwen as like, why not bring in a third playable Spider-Man for me? Yeah. Like, fuck it. That'd be awesome. Give me, give me all the spider people to play as. Give me Silk. Give me Spider <laughs> Jessica Drew Spider Woman. Give me uh um Give me well I was gonna I, all the other ones I'm thinking of they've already given us costumes as. I was gonna say like Spider Man twenty ninety-nine and Scarlet Spider, Ben Riley, and Kane Parker, but they've they did those costumes already. So, but give me them. Give me them anyways. Give yeah. give them my yeah. Well, speaking of other superheroes that we want to play as immediately after getting shown the Spider-Man two trailer insomniac goes on to show us another Marvel trailer for another Marvel hero that they are working on a game for. And this one, this took me completely by surprise. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. I'm not even gonna build up to it. They're making a Wolverine game. It's gonna be awesome. I'm so excited. I, Insomniac is on fucking fire right now. It's, it's nuts. It it blows my mind that Insomniac is making in you know, in the past 18 months, they've done Ratchet and Clank. Uh, Miles, yeah. Spider-Man, Spider-Man Miles Morales and the remastered version of Spider-Man for the PS5 mm-hmm. and they've announced these two games and like I love it man in, I, love seeing, I love seeing this studio thrive <clears throat> and right now they are thriving I, I've always had such a soft spot for Insomniac oh, and yeah. there's been years where you could tell that they were struggling like didn't they they made like a GameStop deal where GameStop was going to start publishing games for a while and they made that one kind of indie game like yeah it, it was they were just it, trying to make bill like cover the bills and and to see them just make like hit after hit after hit lately it's so nice it's, it's great i yeah. mean they the insomniac is an apt name for that studio because they're clearly mm. not sleeping and they're just <laughs> yeah, exactly they're just working their their butts off like crazy i i i'm very excited i have i have higher hopes for this single wolverine game than i do the rest of whatever marvel's avengers will end up being uh i'm more i'm more excited just based on the the cgi trailer that we got with claws yeah (laughs) um but yes no date on this either unfortunately no Um, no and that's fine i mean we're we're not gonna see this for a while and i know insomniac they have grown as a studio like they got more people working there especially as of late but um yeah take your time with this like you know i'm I'm just stoked to get this news that it's happening and you know i'll play it when it comes out this i see as 
2024. I don't, I don't see maybe any even mo- later, maybe even later. I insomniac doesn't announce games that far. Out. Even Spider-Man, they first but, announced that 2016 and that drop PlayStation does. <laughs> Not really. But they've Sony been they've does. been a lot better about that. Think about it. I mean, no, they have. I mean, last year at their their showcase in June, they showed off mostly games that were, you know, supposed to release within the first year of the PS5's life cycle, and only because of the pandemic went on longer than anyone expected. You know, they were delayed. So I guess yeah. I guess I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I don't, I mean, I definitely don't think we see this before Spider-Man 2. Oh, no. There's no, there's no, no. way. Uh-uh. Um, but I do think that we, we see this as like 2024, probably. So when you watched this trailer, uh, did you know who it was immediately? Yeah. Did you? You did? Because yeah, um, uh, it, took, it took me seeing the blades pop out of his hand. Really? To realize, yeah, I, I, I was still because it happened so quickly after the Spider-Man Two trailer. I thought it was going to be like a villain reveal, you know, like a little CGI teaser of like a villain for Spider-Man or something. And so I was like, oh, okay, what's this? What's this? I didn't even catch on to it. Like the gruff dude sitting at the bar. I think he was even wearing a fucking cowboy hat. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, I should have pieced it all together. His knuckles were all bloodied up his, and everything. I didn't, I didn't catch his arms were it. super hairy. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah man, I, I caught that right away. Apparently someone else caught in from the background stuff in the bar. The game is set in Madripoor, which um, is where part of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier takes place. That show, uh, it's like oh. the, the criminal outlaw country in the Marvel Universe. So, okay. uh, and Brian Horton on Twitter, I believe, also confirmed that the game is going to be have a very uh, mature and violent oh, sort it, of well, tone. Well, it's got to. I was wondering about that, too, because it's like, <laughs> like when you're playing Spider-Man and you're like, you know, launching people off of buildings and shit. Like the people are still like, quote unquote, not getting murdered by Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they're right. really, like sticking to the walls or whatever. But like for Wolverine, like he's just got knives on his hands. You know, he's murdering people, you know, it's going to be more violent. Oh yeah. Like, it's going, it, it's gotta be just, just bloody and, and yeah. violent and, berserker rage filled and And it has to be like if you want to capture like the true essence of that character like he's an angry man (laughs) he's he's an angry violent man who's got knives on his hands like he's gonna murder a lot of people and he's gonna do it very violently (laughs) yes and that's that's exactly what we want from this that is exactly what we want i mean what what else would you expect really no it will be interesting, though. I, I love the fact that they are going from this, you know, character mm-hmm. of, like, Spider-Man, who is so fluid in his movement, he's so bouncy, he's so fast and all over the place, to this very kind of just grounded, just this strong dude. Brawler, yeah. sort of, like, yeah. Yeah, um, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how they how they make that, you know, you know change. So, so yes, uh, Brian Horton on Twitter confirmed uh, 
the game is going to have a mature tone and also said that it, it is a full-size insomniac game so it should rival yes. it should rival the scale of at the very least the first spider-man game which that's awesome that's a, a for Still, me that's a big that's a, a big great game. yeah that's a good um, size perfect size do you think it's going to be open world since Wolverine doesn't have the sort of traversal that Spider-Man does? That's what I was I was literally just thinking that cuz I was I was going to say how do you think he gets around the city? But but yeah, that's a great question. It doesn't necessarily have to be open world. Mm-hmm. Um it would be weird to see it not be just because we're kind of used to that, I guess. Yeah. But I could see them doing something that was more linear that um Maybe just more open spaces instead mm-hmm. of like open world, like open, open levels, basically. Yeah, like you kind of get dropped into an area, and like you can get from point A to point B, however you want in this mm-hmm. space, sort of. Yeah, yeah, I could see. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I think that would. I think that would allow them to probably make things like destructible a lot easier which is what i think people will want from a wolverine game is you want to be able to like not just kill people but like you know his claws are adamantium they can cut through anything essentially like Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be able to and so you want to be able to like you know cut through like a steel pipe and stuff like that and yeah which is something that you know you can on the ps5 probably do like you know figure yeah. out how to make those sort of destructible environments so i mean shoot i mean it, yeah yeah i mean th- i assume this is probably going to be a ps5 exclusive and yep. they'll be able to use like the full power of that console you know for this so yeah yeah why not do you this this really makes me feel like and this is baseless speculation here okay mm-hmm. like baseless speculation there is I don't know if if maybe Marvel is just really happy with what Insomniac is doing with you know Spider-Man and mm-hmm. are like yeah we'll just let you do any character but like between this Spider-Man and then like the exclusivity thing with like Avengers and Spider-Man being an exclusive character mm-hmm. um, and all of this sort of happening uh right after the falling out and re-signing of the of Spider-Man from the MCU. Yeah. Do you, do you think any sort of like deal or contract was added into like the Sony Marvel deal about like we want to be able to use Spider-Man and like X, Y, and Z characters exclusive on our on our platform? I mean, maybe, like, yeah. I, I, I think that, I think that the first Spider-Man game sold extremely well for a game that was only on one console, you yeah. know. And I think at the end of the day, it's it was just it just makes good business decision, like business sense, for them to want to do the same thing again, you know. Mm-hmm. It is the second best-selling ps4 game at 13.2 million copies yeah yeah and um uh, and Rival, it was only such behind, a good game too yeah so uh, only behind uncharted 4 at 60 million yeah so and yes it is it's my it's personally my favorite uh ps4 exclusive it's uh, the first video game 
in recent history that I can remember that's made me cry when I finished it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that ending a, is gut-wrenching. What a great fucking game. We could talk about these two games, though, and what they might be uh, forever. We, we could we could talk yes. about these for a while. We still have other news to dive into. Yeah, let's move on so, to something. Since and we, we did mention Uncharted. We do know what this is. Um, yeah. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves is coming early 2022. Uh, it is PlayStation 5 and PC ports of both Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy. I don't like this. Um, you don't? For, Why not? For multiple reasons. One, uh, it's they seem to have have clearly deviated from this idea of free next gen upgrades to paid next gen upgrades. Now to the point of, hey, you're going to buy the whole game over again, full price, uh, mm-hmm. and all we're doing is unlocking the frame rate, basically. Yeah. Um, because this game, like Last of Us 2, could have received a patch where it unlocks the frame rate on the PS5. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is a lazy cash grab on PC because if you're going to do this, why not also do the original trilogy as well for PC and put the whole Uncharted, you know, put the the Uncharted collection on PC for yeah. 60 bucks. Considering you sell the PS4 copy of both of these games for 20 bucks, you gave away the PS4 copy to everybody who bought a PS5 last year. Uncharted mm-hmm. 4 was part of the the PS Plus collection that you got, you know, when you bought a PS5. Um Yeah, I I I don't know who this is for. Um because I don't think I don't know anyone who is going to want to jump into Uncharted 4 without playing um, 1 through 3, or Lost Legacy for that matter, considering those are side characters from the game that are, you know, getting their own time to yeah, shine. That's that's a great point. I didn't really think about it that way. I mean, my thinking on this was like, this totally makes sense. You know, these these are this is a huge, you know, franchise for sony and they're trying to work on you know porting things over to pc so like i totally called this like before before the showcase happened i was talking with another buddy and i was like they're gonna do uncharted you know with lost legacy uh and they're gonna port it to pc like i i I just i knew that that was a given but that is a great point that you make why not even if they want to sell it as a separate like bundle, why not yeah. port over the the first three games? Yeah, you know, port port over the Nathan Drake trilogy, like yeah. which you already ported to PS4, so you have you know, mm-hmm. you I'm 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 not a developer. I don't know what how difficult it is to port that game then from PS4 to oh the you PC, just you but, know you just click a couple buttons you, you hit you turn, export export yeah, to PC you hit export 
you turn the knob from PS4 to PC, and yeah. and there you go. <laughs> boom. Um, bada bing, bada boom. But yeah, it's just that and the not just patching Uncharted 4 to, to boost the frame rate and, you know, like improve the visuals a little bit on PS5. It, it, it doesn't bode well because I, I really, you know, part of the reason that I bought my PS5 was because they, they had a lot of these next gen upgrades in place, especially with games now being like 70 bucks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like COVID delayed a lot of things and stuff and that sucks. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, definitely have to take that into account when I when I say these things, but all these games that are, you know, coming out way later than they were supposed to, and, and now they're saying that they have paid upgrades instead of free upgrades. It's like, what the hell, man? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, but Sony's not above, you know, backtracking those comments, like what yep. they did with Horizon, because that was that was a ridiculous like the t- like the different tiers of what version of the game you could purchase that qualify it's, for like bringing it over to PS5 or not bringing it over or it's nuts. outrageous it was it's outrageous out- outrageous it makes no sense it's i it's difficult now the games are 70 plus bucks man cuz it's like dude that is yeah i i don't know i don't know why that extra 10 dollars makes a difference to me so much like <laughs> well um, and but honestly like i feel like i feel like this has been a long time coming though because games have been that 60 dollar price for a very long time you know and games are only getting more expensive to make have you have you seen donkey's video on video game prices uh-uh yeah he's got he's got this whole video on how like even back in you know the 80s and 90s video games were 60 dollars but then when you like account for inflation, it was like $130 in today's money and shit. And like in some games were even more expensive than that. Like, and how so basically we're buying video games like cheaper than ever and they're better than ever. And like yeah. we should shut they the cost fuck up. more than ever to, <laughs> to, make, to make. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then on the flip side though, they're selling way more copies than ever before, also. Like, yeah. That's you know. true. I saw like I saw a comment and I don't remember who it was from. I, mean, I think it was uh it was from the former former uh PlayStation president, I think. Why can't I think of his name? Um but he was basically he, he, talking about it was an interview and he was talking about one of the reasons why he left PlayStation is because he was saying that the video, video basically video games and the industry and making them is nearly unsustainable. Like anytime a new generation of consoles comes out, you're almost automatically doubling the cost of production yep. for a game. And he's like, how do you how do you do that? <laughs> like, so I just did the math real quick, because I'd never actually mm-hmm. thought about this before. Spider-Man, which we just talked about. Yeah. So 13.2 million copies, okay. That's seven hundred and ninety-two million dollars, mm-hmm. like net, net. You know, not not gross that they profited or anything, but yeah, that's a huge. Like, I, I, I wonder if we can figure out what the development cost for that game was. Well, they probably have it somewhere. It's probably been out. 
I'm very interested to know. 229 million. Uh, wait. Oh, no, that was... That was how much they paid to acquire uh, Insomniac. That was... Um, I put in dev and not development. Uh, oh. But... Yeah, no one... There isn't, isn't really money somewhere. But okay, let's say they're, they're you know... That $229 million, let's call that their initial investment, you know? Like, they... Yeah. Shit, they they definitely got their return. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I think if video games are anything like film, you know, you would double double the budget for marketing. So they probably paid a good two fifty for marketing. They're expensive to make, dude, and you gotta think about it. Too. They 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 take a lot of people to make these things. Um, especially at the AAA level. And that's not just people making the games. That's, you know, testers. That's, uh, oh, what do you call it when you actually take a portion of the game out to the public and then get their perspective on it? There's just all oh, these like different... focus testing and stuff? Yeah, focus testing. Yeah. Like, there's so Dude. much shit that goes into this. They're so incredibly expensive. Sony, um, Sony mainly so. paid for Insomniac in cash. <laughs> How dope is that? Dude. You roll up with like 220 million in cash and be like, you we own you now. Like placed Sony, the technology company, the music company, the film company and TV company, they make most of their money now, and they have been for the last like maybe about five years or so, four years, play from PlayStation. Yeah. Their earnings calls, like Sony is now a PlayStation company. Yep. You know, they still make a good chunk of money from their other portions, you know, from film. Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> from owning the from owning the Spider-Man film rights. Yeah. But most of their profits are from PlayStation. So um it makes sense that they'll want to increase the price of their games. Um because you know they need to they need to show that they're still earning more over each quarter and games just keep getting so ridiculously difficult and expensive to make so and they i mean i think their investments have definitely paid off you know oh, for sure for sure the i mean we are reaping the benefits of that exactly sure. <laughs> yeah yeah company's going to go under one day but not not anytime soon hopefully Next up on the list was they showed a little bit of Gran Turismo, which I don't really have a whole lot to say about this. Which uh, one is this even? Gran Turismo 8? I think... That shows how much we care yeah. about this one. Uh, I think they just called it Gran Turismo, though, in our defense. Oh, did they? Um, yeah, but they uh, it looks really pretty. Uh, it, yeah. it, looks, it looks really, really good graphically. Um, mm -hmm. It looks... Darn near real. Uh, I but again, I think it's a PS4, PS5 dual release. So is it? 
Oh, is it really? Which, which system is it developed for? And then which system gets the inferior version, you know? Yeah. I, I, I feel like this one, though, hesitant. this has been in development for a long time. Yeah. So I feel like that development definitely started on PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, More than likely, I would say. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I mean, this isn't really a game that's for me. I probably won't pick this up. Um, but yeah, exciting for fans of the series. It's difficult to say who this is for really anymore because I feel like Gran Turismo has been so out of the public consciousness mm-hmm. that people have kind of who are into those kind of kinds of games have gone over to the Forza, Forza side. Yeah. yeah, everybody I know plays Forza. Yeah, but I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Speaking of Gran Turismo, we also got to look at <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. See how I. Oh that boy. GTA 5, uh, the yeah. enhanced edition, uh, along with GTA Online, will drop on PlayStation 5 March 2022, and it looks literally exactly like <laughs> the PS4 version. It looks but like you knew we weren't getting a PlayStation showcase without GTA 5. <laughs> I mean, dude, I... <laughs> This is there the new, must like, be some kind of like obligation from a contract five years ago. <laughs> there's something about this game in Skyrim, and they're they're just the dead horses that no matter how me how much we beat them, they won't die. <laughs> but at least with Skyrim, I have the desire, like once every two or three years, to pick it back up. You know, yeah. <laughs> and like I, GTA Five, I don't I, like. I played it twice all the way through i think because i played it once originally on 360 and then i played it again on ps4 and then that was it that's all i've really wanted to play this game (laughs) for some reason driving around and like like running people over and has lost its luster like at 30 you know it it (laughs) doesn't have the same sort of like appeal that i had at 14 and 15 i don't know maybe i've grown up but it's I just get anxious when I get into a car accident in Grand Theft Auto now, especially if it's a car yeah. that I liked and I wanted to keep. Yeah, and you're like, oh, <laughs> god damn it. Like, <laughs> I don't want to mess this up. Like, I'm trying to do it with no cheats. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I back in the day, back when I was playing, you didn't have, like, I, I don't know if they still do this. Uh, I, I, haven't, I never played five, I'll be honest with you, but because mm-hmm. the last one I played was four. And oh, I was okay. like, I don't feel like I need to play five. But I remember in four, uh, in order to put in cheats, you had to like pull out your cell phone and then like go down to the cheats menu and then like select which one. I was yeah. like, dude, that's lame. No, it's L1, R2, R1, R2, left, down, right, up, left, down, right, up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. you, you have to put in all these buttons all crazy, stupid fast, and your character spins around and then you've got a machine gun. And like, and you shoot stuff. I don't like just going to a cell phone and pressing a thing and now you've got everything. Like, it's not the same. Uh, yeah, yeah, you so gotta I, press all of these buttons really fast. Hope you don't accidentally shoot someone while you're pressing them. Yeah, so that way the cops don't show up while you're still trying to get more guns. Right, <laughs> and then you don't have to try and put in the zero stars cheat afterwards. Like, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I I was really you know uh, fairly disappointed. Not that they showed anything Grand Theft Auto, but that they didn't show off the rumored um remastered san andreas vice city or three um that we talked about because those are allegedly supposed to be happening um and i would really love for them to have shown that off but 
Well, we're um, almost at the end of this financial quarter, right? So yes. I think the next financial quarter starts up soon. So we'll probably start getting some more news. Like maybe we'll get something on that later Hopefully. on. Yeah. I would love that. Um, but something that I did think looked really good from this uh, presentation was Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Yes. Uh, Borderlands spinoff where they're clearly playing a game of badasses and bunk or bunkers and badasses. Uh, and uh, this comes out March 25th, 2022. They confirmed um, multi-classing. It's very heavily D&D inspired. Yeah. Um, I really want a Borderlands 4, mainly because I they got this whole story about like war is coming and the, the uh, what are they called? The Iridians and, you know, like all, all this and the sirens. And I'm really here for all that. And I want answers. But this looks awesome. This looks like a ton of fun. A ton yeah, of it fun. does. I I never played Borderlands three. Um, I know that I would probably have a good time, but I that the the sense of humor for Borderlands I've kind of fallen off of. I'm not really a huge fan of its writing anymore. It just oh, like makes the, me squirm. The writing you know? in three is the worst part by far. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's not only bad because the the story writer from two left, mm-hmm. but just it's, it's not, it leaves a lot to be desired. Um, yeah, yeah. It feels, it feels very cringy at times. And I get a similar vibe from some of tiny Tina's wonderland, like for sure. Yeah. But the game looks so ridiculous it's, and it looks so fun that yes. I think I can forgive it for it's like weird, like cringy humor. Mm-hmm. And Borderlands um, is one of those games for me that just totally nails that that gameplay loop of mm-hmm. like of grinding loot, which I'm in so many games not a fan of, but it yeah. Borderlands just makes it so like just heroin like for me to like yeah <laughs> to yeah. just I kill will, the same I will boss. Say there are very few that nail that grind extremely well um for for a long while for me it was destiny until i fell off of that um diablo 3 the the diablo Mm. games always nail that grind and then the loot reward um and then of course also borderlands like they're always really good at that do you ever play uh the pre-sequel um a very little bit of it i didn't own it so i only played Mm. it like with friends but um yeah i did play a little bit i really liked a lot of aspects of the pre-sequel the one i liked the most was they had like oxygen kits that your character had instead of i think it was instead of um the relics that like two and three have but so what the since everything's in space what the o2 kits allowed you to do was like double jump basically oh okay. uh and i thought that that was especially with the low grab like areas that they added i thought that was such a cool like aspect that they took away from three that i really wish had come back so i wish i really hope that uh wonderlands being another sort of like spin-off-y ish kind of game adds some sort of like um new mechanic like that that well i think they totally could though too because like this is it's a D game basically yeah. right yeah so it's like shit can happen for no really good explained reason like even in the trailer she says at some point 
oh, this is a fantasy world. Why are there guns in it? Because. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, they could just do shit like that all throughout it. So that, that'll that be interesting to see what kind of weird mechanics they create because of that. Uh, one thing that they also said is coming in uh, Wonderlands is you can multi-class, which I think will be very interesting yeah. to, to have multi-class heroes. Um I, I, I'm very curious. Borderlands always does such a good job of making uh, each like playable character feel so unique. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it'll be a lot of fun uh, to see what they come up with for like this, you know, sort of D and D or yeah, D and D inspired uh, setting, and like what sort of game breaking things the community will find like from multi-classing together because the yeah. borderlands community is so good at finding like builds that just are like here's how to one shot this raid boss like <laughs> you know like real quickly yeah. and then like you know it gets patched out the next hot fix or whatever and then people are like here's a new build that allows you to one shot this raid boss like yeah. and i love seeing stuff like that like i don't, I don't have the time to do all that min maxing but it's mm-hmm. always it always makes me feel good to know that it's possible, you know, <laughs> that I, I could get a God roll at any moment. Um, but yeah, definitely. I I'll pick this game up. Uh, I don't want to say at launch um, just because now. I'll PS5 wait to see are, what the critical reception's like. PS5 games are 70 bucks now, man. It's hard. Yeah. Budgeting for games is becoming difficult and there's just, there's, there's so many games. There's so many There's games. So many games, dude. <laughs> There's so many freaking games. More like, than ever. And and everything's getting delayed out of 2021 and into 2022 and making it that much harder. Like, yeah. This year has been, you know, pretty kind of a drought for the most part. Like, we haven't we haven't had a lot of huge releases. Um Yeah. I mean, my There've been a lot more small, like small games that have trickled out yeah like that are of note too um but yeah as far as like big triple a games um nothing that's really blown me away this year um granted i I haven't played hitman 3 which i forgot even came out this year you just those are always good and i need to i need to pick that up (laughs) i mean i you know it's gonna be a good year for metroid dread to win game of the year (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's i mean what what else what this decade old concept <laughs> this Dude. game that probably started being built like 15 years ago <laughs> hell yeah it did have you played and disappeared should you should go back and play super metroid man i it's it's really good it's really it's really good um well, next on the list <laughs> <laughs> not super metroid it's not super metroid no this is a terrible transition but next on the list they showed off uh the alan wake remaster a bit um so we got to see um some more of the cutscenes, a little bit of gameplay yes um the game first, looks first Go time ahead. on playstation y- yes first time coming over to playstation um it looks good it looks like it's higher res uh looks like the frame rate's going to be pretty solid i don't remember what they said the frame rate was going to be um but the character models look like they're redone um i think they even said that they're going to be have higher resolution textures and the environments um it just looks better it looks it's probably going to play very similarly to the original game um but yeah it looks 
looks good. Yeah. I never played the original all the way through. I recently picked it up. Um, I had like a copy on my PC, so I re-downloaded it and started playing it again. And goddamn, man, jump scares are just not my thing. I <laughs> This game's not like an overtly scary game, but it's just scary enough to where... <laughs> Yeah, to where it makes me not want to continue playing it. <laughs> I I I feel the same way, man. I'm yeah. one of those people too that I don't I don't do well with that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't. But yeah, I think I think Alan Wake looks uh, looks really good. I think the the visuals look great. I'm excited for for it to come to PlayStation for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't see anything about whether or not and this is what I was looking for uh, if it was if the remaster was exclusive to PS4, PS5? Um, um, no. The Alan Wake remaster? Yeah. No, 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 no. It's going to be, it's going to be on Xbox platforms also. Okay. And PC. Okay. Yeah. I think the Alan Wake, uh, Twitter account announced that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it'll, it'll also be on, all systems because i was gonna say that would be a that would be what a twist i know huh wouldn't that be <laughs> yeah all right uh speaking of twists uh speaking this, of twists this next game kind of came out of nowhere uh i had never i had never seen or heard anything about this before project eve yeah i uh, um I'm looking up the studio right now because I I was thinking maybe it would have come out of a studio that I've heard of before. Um, but I don't know what this studio has done before. Shift Up is apparently the name of the studio. Shift Up Corporation. Yeah. Um, yeah. They are, they are a Korean company founded by, I'm going to butcher this, Hyung Tae Kim, uh, okay. a famous illustrator known for his work on the Magna Carta series. After he left NC Soft in 2014. Okay. Um, but this looks great. It looks awesome. Very fan servicey. Uh, <laughs> it's got a uh, curvy woman, a beautiful woman, uh, dressed in very tight <laughs> clothing. Um, but the combat in it looks really cool. It looks like it's got like almost this you know, near automata vibe. Um, I, I saw someone, um, PC gamer, their headline for the game, uh, said that the game looks like a cross between near and Bayonetta. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the perfect. Uh, yeah. That's the perfect comparison. I think, um, it looks awesome. It looks like a ton of fun. And if it plays anything like either of those two games, it's going to be so much fun to play. Mm-hmm. Like the near games, playing like like near automata is like in particular that game the combat in it it's like butter it's so good and satisfying i don't know if you've played those games jordan um i recommend playing it's it's such a fun game so i've got to have i've there's a confession that i have to make on this show right now oh no oh no i can't play games with scantily clad sexy anime ladies <laughs> because and I'll, I'll explain myself okay i can't i i 
can't ever find a way to talk myself out of a situation where somebody uninitiated to video games <laughs> walks in and looks at what I'm doing and and asks, what is on your television right now? <laughs> and and why is this woman dressed this way? And and so this so you're a man who still has at least at least a sliver of pride left. See, I, on the <laughs> other hand, <laughs> have stri- am stripped bare of all of my pride. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think of what like the. I don't think there's any any game that I play, or have played in, in recent memory where the, the woman is is considered you know like very risky. <laughs> Probably Xenoblade Chronicles 2, like when that first came out, like December 2017, early 2018, maybe. Like, Have you played any of the Bayonetta games? Uh, I played a little bit of one when it first dropped on Switch, but I was just like... She's she's getting naked all the time. I know, yeah. I, <laughs> that, that and, and... And here's the thing, look, is... Got uncomfortable during the sex, sex scenes in The Witcher too. All right, like okay, yeah. I, I got also got uncomfortable there, and I made sure that when I played those sex scenes, like nobody was at my house. It was late at night. The <laughs> curtains were drawn. Like no, I, my phone is, is off. Like, but yet you 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 love the character development and all the romance options in the Mass Effect games. Skip those sex scenes too. Oh, like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, like I, I. It is yeah, awkward. It is awkward. So I, I think that there's no way to make like that make anything sexy with the level of technology we have now. Like you, <laughs> you can't even make characters kiss right. Still, like you yeah. can't. You like no. I don't care how far the technology has come. It doesn't look okay. <laughs> like yeah. I mean, even Naughty Dog, who their animation is like That's some who of I'm the thinking best of. animation. Like, I'm, I'm thinking out there. of, I'm thinking of the the weed house scene uh, yeah. in Last of Us Two, Those, where they're the, making the out, yeah. making out. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> no, man. it still doesn't look quite right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, that and I remember the moment that I became that I knew that like this stuff wasn't for me was when I was in middle school, and my I went over to my buddies, me. And a couple of my friends went over to my buddy's house and his dad has had just bought a copy of Dead or Alive Extreme Volleyball. You know? Oh my and, god. Yeah. <laughs> and and all of my friends were very excited about this. And then I was watching them play it and I was like, one, like, I can't believe this is getting you guys to play a volleyball video game. Like <laughs> two, how is this like doing anything you know like i I, no and i'm yeah ever since then man i'm just no thanks that aside this game looks great (laughs) it looks like a ton of fun i mean i love the near games and uh you know the scantily clad women aside um i mean this 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 woman was fully dressed she's in a full bodysuit a very tight a very tight bodysuit that's but. See that's the thing, man. Is it's it's a very tight. It's still fairly revealing, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, look, yeah. I'm not saying I'm one of those guys who and like the, tra- the trailer. They chose their camera angles uh, in a very specific they, way. They always do that, man. And you know, like, 
And look, what whatever you're into, man, whatever whatever turns your screws, like I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna knock you for that, but it's just there's something about this. I there's, get it. Yeah, there's something about the like some games are incredibly like over sexualized, like hypersexualized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um it's just sometimes I I'm not in the mood for that, you know? Like Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, this game, it it's kind of like almost it goes hand in hand with like that anime aesthetic, you know, anime. Yeah, it's it does, so yeah. like so fan servicey, you know, yeah. like even some of the most wholesome like animes, like they still have like these women with just giant breasts. Yeah, and, man. You know, even, so like Fire Emblem Three Houses is, you know, fairly tame for mm-hmm. for the most part. But even that, like every basically every woman has like giant breasts or is in some like pose yeah. like and it, it's <laughs> yeah. just like dude come on man like this turn back turn based combat is so dope but like why are you <laughs> why are you doing this to me yes i'll have tea with you because i gotta get my professor rank up so i can unlock some more cool stuff but so yeah uh, so why that's, are you making me have tea that's my excuse then i i'm not a pervert for wanting to play this game. I'm a fan of anime. <laughs> ah, yes. You're not a pervert, you're a weeb. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, that game looks cool. Um, I've never really heard of the studio, no. so who knows how it'll be. But from what we've yeah. seen, and it looked like some of what was shown was actual gameplay. Yeah. Um, so uh, it looks great. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, Speaking of but... weebs. <laughs> Speaking of weebs. <laughs> Forspoken got shown off. Uh, we got we got I what I feel like was kind of our our best look at the game so far yet. Yeah. Um, got a little kind of intro to the story a bit um, mm. about how our character ended up in Athea, which if you remember the game was originally called Project Athea, if I remember correctly. Oh. Uh, before it was Forspoken, like you know, before it got I honestly completely forgot that this game was a thing i yeah i totally forgot all about this game um until i started like hearing and and seeing news that (laughs) we've actually seen this before like not this exact trailer but like we've seen square show some of this before they showed it at um the at june 2020 showcase yeah, and I don't remember that like at all. Oh, wow. But um but I was blown away by this showing because yeah. it looks great. It looks oh. so good. You know what it kind of reminded me of? It reminded me of um do you remember that um Unreal like the new Unreal Engine like CG trailer that they gave that they showed the Unreal 5? Yeah, where it was like the chick, she was walking through like the desert and it was showing all those like hyper realistic textures and like that lady's a Fortnite skin now. Oh, is she? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's good. But yeah, that's that's what it this reminded me of a little bit because of like the particle work, like all the the particles in it look so good. Um, The game looks like a lot of fun and it looks interesting. This to me is the first thing that I look at and I go, that's a PS5 exclusive. Oh, and from yeah. what and from what I've seen, that can only run on the PS5. Like yeah, yeah, like for the, sure. The magic system, whatever they've whatever crazy water bending, fire bending thing they've got going <laughs> on, which I'm 
here for. Yeah, um, it looks awesome. It it really. Did you play Final Fantasy fifteen? Um, a little bit. So I remember a lot for the the tagline for that game was supposed to be like a fantasy based upon reality or something. And this seems to kind of really deliver on that premise of like, it's, you know, this girl who's kind of looks like from our world and she sort of gets transported into like this Mm -hmm. fantasy kind of world. And it, I think that they can, Square is a really good company to sort of play with a lot of these tropes. Uh, I think the dialogue is probably going to be terrible because I think I'm look. I'm sorry. Square doesn't do good dialogue in their their games. Um, that's probably because I'm not a native Japanese speaker and I am listening to the English dubs. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, Japanese version is better, but yeah, Japanese this game's writing just tends to like. It loses like, something in translation, you know, yeah. like, yeah. And yeah, that's why Nintendo literally has an entire like localization branch called Treehouse. But I, I do love that. Um, the, the kind of like the story, like the world, the genre of this is that like, oh, I accidentally got teleported into a different reality. Yeah. It's not in my own world you know and that's actually like speaking of anime from project eve that's a very popular genre of anime right yeah now, i mean that's the that's isekai. so trope that's that's such a, a tropey but, you know sort of premise but i'm yeah. i we, think we that, don't see it too much in video games yeah. anymore like I, I feel like we would kind of see that in like film and tv like especially in the 90s mm-hmm. a little bit in early 2000s but it kind of like kind of went away for a bit you don't really see this too much yeah so i i think that this this is a great great time to bring it back i think that mm-hmm. people are really kind of clamoring for a game like this especially on ps5 i think that yeah i think ps5 owners are starved for something that's a hardcore exclusive and i think that this is going to really sell a lot of units so I think I think exciting. they're going to sell a lot of units anyways, but this thing is definitely going to be a cherry on top for sure. Yeah. Well, I think I, I meant they're going to sell a lot of units of this game. Like, oh, of this game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can yeah. I can see that happening because it does look more Western. You know, it's got yeah. more of a Western feel to it. Um, and, you know, Square has kind of not they've been hit and miss with their western audience i'll just say that but this game does look good yeah i think this this looks probably a lot more interesting to a lot of western players than something like um final fantasy origins that they announced they're like from soft final inspired final fantasy game that they're doing Mm -hmm. excuse me where the guy kept talking about chaos and shit over and over again (laughs) yeah it was uh, I I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> that was the that worst was goddamn trailer I've ever seen. Holy shit! Ever. Like, uh, if that was done on purpose as like a joke, that would have been just mwah, hilarious. Yeah. So well done, but but the fact that it was for real it was just too much. It's too much. Absolutely ridiculous.
Speaking of worst trailers ever, why don't we flip and talk about one of the best trailers? Yes. Close out the show with God of War Ragnarok. Um, boy. 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 Boy is, is grown now. He's clearly yeah. gone through puberty. Yeah. His um, voice cracking a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Looking taller and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. We got to hear the voice of Thor played by Ryan Hurst, who you may remember mm-hmm. as Gary Bertier in Remember the Titans or Opie in Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> um, we got a first look at Tyr uh, in yeah. the trailer. Uh, we did end up getting a first look at Thor later on in um, some promotional art that was released mm-hmm. uh, on social media. Yeah, the trailer itself only showed his hammer and like his hand kind of yeah. reaching for it, right? Yeah. yeah, and his voice. Yeah. Um, we got a look at someone who we later on found out is one of the last remaining giants. Um, the, the young girl at the end of the trailer, Angerboda. I I probably oh, butchered okay. that. Um, she they confirmed she is one of the last remaining giants. Um, and they also confirmed that this game will conclude the Norse saga of God of War, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, that is. That is interesting. Uh, Conclude it at two games, Um, which is cool. Like, if they want to move on to something else, or I don't know, does that mean that this game is going to get really violent? (laughs) Like, is... Are we going to kill a lot of Norse gods? We're going to have to run through a lot of Norse gods. I think... (laughs) I think they're they're new. I think what they're doing is they're setting Kratos off on a a sort of nomadic journey to mm-hmm. travel the lands. I think then so next I think we're going to get like Egypt or something like that. Um, yeah. yeah, that's true. And, and you know, and with it being Ragnarok, that totally makes sense that it would conclude the Norse saga because Ragnarok is the the end of of the world basically. Yeah. And yeah. North Norse mythology, so that would make sense. Yeah, I I wouldn't have been surprised. I read a theory online that was that uh, Ragnarok wasn't going to be the second game. That this whole second game was just going to be Thimble Winter, the three years preceding Ragnarok, and then oh, okay. then the third game would be Ragnarok. And I thought narratively that makes sense. So mm-hmm. if they are doing Ragnarok now as a second game, I feel like, yeah, you kind of have to start a new cycle after this and kind of, you know, go somewhere else. Or maybe, I don't want to speculate past what we're, what they're doing. We did that enough for Spider-Man. Let's, let's focus mm-hmm. on this trailer. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I think that this trailer looked insane. My biggest takeaway, it didn't look like a huge upgrade visually, but I noticed that they were towns populated with people. Yeah. There was not that in the first game. And mm-hmm. I am, I'm very excited to see a much, um, much more detailed kind of a live world. Yeah. Than, than the wilderness of the first one. Yeah. Cause the first one you're, you're absolutely right. It was just more empty. Um, I mean, it was like so full of like this wilderness life and like, Mm. you know, creatures that you would fight or like wildlife that you'd kind of see in the distance and they would scurry away. You know, the world did feel alive in that sense. But yeah, like um, there weren't hardly any NPCs around, you know, and I think that'll be refreshing to see like 
this world existing without you, the player, you know, like mm -hmm. you're in in that area. So I think that'd be cool. Um, God, this just looks so good though, man. Like my, I don't get crazy hyped over games anymore. I do get hyped, you know, I fall into that. It's, it's easy to, especially that Wolverine trailer, Spider-Man two trailer, Knights of the old Republic. But after seeing this, I was just like, Oh fuck, man, I need a PS five. And I know it's going to be back. You know, you're going to be able to play it on PS four, but it's like, no, I need a PS five now. Yeah. And I'm I'm so excited for this game. It looks so so good. I am I am so like I'm all in on like whatever weird lore like yeah stuff they're doing with like they never really explain how Kratos gets to Midgard from Greece. You know mm -mm. that's that's never entirely explained. But they there is a way that that happens, and they. It, it supposedly takes a very, very, very long time because Kratos is nigh immortal, so he can live hundreds of years, you know? So mm -hmm. uh, it's... I'm, I'm very curious to see how this story plays out. Like, Kratos is a god from another land, fighting Thor. How does Odin factor into all of this? We've got, yeah. all, we've got all of this stuff with Freya and the Valkyries, and now Freya is after us because, you know... Kratos killed Balder at the end of the uh, PS4, the first PS4 game. Mm -hmm. um, I almost said the first game, but that would have been confusing. <laughs> uh, you know, and there's there's so many kind of loose threads that they left dangling. I mean, Mimir is implied to be Pip from a Shakespeare play, if I remember correctly. Huh? Um... Mamir, he's the, the head. The, the head, yeah, yeah. Uh, he is, um, because he's he's like Celtic, you know. He yeah. talks with Scottish accent, and if you're walking around enough, he will talk about like where he was from, uh, you know, beforehand, and how he was uh, a fairy king's errand boy and jester. And him and the other fairies, who were nicknamed Goodfellows, would play pranks on people. And okay. so... Uh, oh, it's Puck. He's Puck from Min, uh, Midsummer's Night, Night's Dream. Um, allegedly. Hmm. So, because uh, he also at one point says... Or he refers to himself as a merry wanderer, which is a reference to um, Puck's I am a merry wanderer in the night soliloquy from the play. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Uh, very. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how they, you know, further develop their version of this mythology and then. Um, you know, because it is all still very closely tied to, like, what the mythology is. Like, it's yeah. got, like, you know, the roots are there, but right. they are kind of, like, branching off in different directions. Mm -hmm. And I love how they're weaving it with all of these other different cultures, kind of. Because uh -huh. Tyr, canonically, has traveled to, you know, Egypt and Greece and 
a few, I forget which other, I think the, like the Celtic place or whatever, and visited these cultures and stuff. And even in the trailer, you can see tattoos are Egyptian hieroglyphs on his arms. The coins on his bag are coins from Greece. Like he is, so they are, they're doing a lot to really connect all of these mythologies and have them kind of coexist. And that to me is like the most exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and isn't he also he's the Norse god of war, right? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see that kind of that relationship, you know, between Kratos and him, see how you know how that goes exactly. Mm-hmm. Especially cuz it it seems like from what they they talk about or how they talk about Tyr in the in the previous game, he is very much like a a peaceful god of war. Yeah. Um, for lack of a better, you know, expression. But Kratos is very much not that. He is very much uh, an angry man uh, mm. who, who solves his problems through violence. Yeah. Uh, and he and Kratos wasn't originally the god of war either. He became no. the god of war, too. So that's. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Kratos is further developed um i would like to see more i mean uh, clearly it's going to be there but more of that father son relationship but maybe like developed more through like the lens of like him talking more about his relationship with you know with his wife you know mm-hmm. before she passed i would like to know more about that like how did that happen i i would like more history there yeah, I, I'm very curious as to how long Freya, or not Freya, um, Faye, that's his wife's name. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, it's because it's Laufey, because it's Loki Laufey's son is his name. Mm, okay. uh, so, I'm pretty sure anyways. Um, I'm very curious as to uh how long Kratos and her were together before you know Atreus was born because she knew all, all of Kratos's crimes uh I'm curious as to why she left Jotunheim I'm curious as to you know did she know about how much she knew about Kratos because she could see the future or whatever, like before she left Jotunheim, like did she seek him out and bring him to Midgard? Like after she had this vision, you know, like yeah. how, how much of this plan was put into motion by her? Cause she put in, you know, all the events of the 2018 game into, into yeah. motion essentially. Yeah, so she did. how far back does it go, man? But yeah, I'm anyways, this, yeah, we could speculate on this all night um but just long story short it looks like it's gonna be fantastic i'm excited so good oh and um this is probably my uh, in 2022 this is my most anticipated game yeah same um because breath of wild is getting delayed out of 2022 so this is this is definitely you've heard it here first folks (laughs) oh yeah um I mean, yeah, especially because we so we saw gameplay already. So I don't mm. think that this is a late 2022 game. I think this is a spring 2022. I think this is 
they've got Horizon in, they said February, March. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a May, June. I think this yeah. is a, a summer, like late spring, early summer game. Yeah, I could totally see them doing that. Yeah. I mean, they released they released uh, Last of Us in May, right? June. They, it was June? Okay. Yeah. And Ghost, was Ghost before Last of Us or was it after? It was no, before, that was huh? that was like a month later. That was July. Okay. I want to say, yeah. So yeah, I mean, like they're... You know, the game industry, the games industry is no longer like it was in 2015, where you had like months where games weren't coming out mm-hmm. like, and you could yeah. only drop everything on the holidays. Yeah, no, every month has yeah. a game release now. And so I could totally see this, you know, taking up that May or June slot for mm-hmm. sure. I, I don't think they'll position it um, too close to Horizon because they won't, you know, they they won't want to risk cannibalizing anything but i do think that yeah this this is a a first half of 2022 game uh and i think that it is probably going to contend for game of the year i mean i think that's a given Um, i mean mean, so is horizon too i'm but i mean i feel like if i had it right now without having played either of them pick i'd say probably god of war would would win that just having like seen both previous games i don't know uh horizon takes place in california from what i've seen and oh and yeah and i might be able to go by my apartment complex <laughs> i'm i'm really hoping that i can visit because i feel like the the first game is set in uh, essentially utah right like utah colorado yeah so you know it would make sense if we're you got to go through Sacramento to get to San Francisco, which is where, you know, they're in San Francisco for the trailer of this. So mm-hmm. come on, man. Give me give me the state capital. All right. Yeah. And San Francisco is not very big of an area. Like, no. if it's going to be a big open world. Yeah. Give us. I mean, shoot. She might she might come stomping through Stockton, California. <laughs> Maybe, man. Yeah. But yeah, have have her go to the, the state capital and then I can just I could follow you know, follow the grid to get to my apartment <laughs> from there. Like, it's easy. I'll hop on 50 and make my way, you know? But yeah, but, I would... Uh, <laughs> I definitely think those those two games are going to put up a very strong first half of 2022. Mm-hmm. All right. So, let's start getting into wrapping up the show. Oh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the games we are playing um jordan you want to start dude i've been playing spelunky i feel like i'm getting better but then (laughs) then there are times where i'm just playing for like 30 40 minutes straight dying over and over on one world one one and i'm like what am i doing with my life come on like but then i i have a good run and i'm like i got this and nope don't got it still haven't (laughs) i haven't in a i haven't had a good enough run to finish the game yet but I, I i feel like i get a little bit better every time i try mm-hmm. the game's really good at making me feel that way uh which something about my dopamine levels when that happens i don't know <laughs> i i gotta talk to a therapist about that because <laughs> yeah it's addictive in that way because when yeah. you finally like you find that groove you find the right items that you can you know continue to carry on from one level to the next yep it, it but then I, I start run. I start getting I'm a good sorry. run, and yeah. I I'll do something stupid as fuck and die, and I'm just like, 
I deserve that. I'm an idiot. Like, yep. but the beauty of it being on Switch though is like, it's so easy for you to in that moment be like, all right, I'm done. Set the switch down. Walk away. Yep. And then, and then, if you wanted to, fifteen minutes later, twenty minutes later, a day later, just pick back up your switch and start it right back up so fast. Yep. And I feel like it's the perfect, like, the perfect platform for that game to be on is the switch. Agreed. Yeah. I I don't think I could get into roguelikes on any other platform. I I played Dead Cells on the switch, enjoyed that, beat that. Mm-hmm. Um. I played Spunky 1 on PS4 and I got I really really enjoyed it but I couldn't get into it enough to beat it um for two reasons. One, the reason you talked about of having to, you know, if I I put it in even though the PS5's got a pretty good rest mode or whatever, it's not as quick as of a put down and pick up as mm-hmm. the Switch. And two, PS5's fucking D-pad uh, is dog shit compared to being able to use a Super Nintendo controller on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, which is my preferred way to play any 2D platformer is with a Super Nintendo controller. That is how my muscle memory is built because uh, yeah. I, I cut my teeth, you know, Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that when I, when I want to play a 2D game, I will not use anything other than... <laughs> like, unless it, uh, it specifically requires... Like, um, like a Link's Awakening on the Switch, you have to use the control stick. You can't use the D-pad to move around. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I would love to use the SNES controller for Link's Awakening, but you have to use the D-pad. Uh, I think there's a, a few other games like that where they force you to use um, sticks. So uh, you can't use that. But, like, yeah, Mario Maker 2, Hollow Knight, Super Metroid. Well, it's a Super Nintendo game, so that makes sense. But uh, uh, Hol- Shovel Knight, Hollow Knight, um, Wargroove even, uh, which I should really get back into playing Wargroove. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, but I've just been playing a lot of Spelunky, man. And it's, it's, yeah. it's to the point where, like, have you, have you ever played a game so much that you got Tetris effect from it? Um, yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting like Tetris effect, uh, from Spelunky when I'm trying to like go to bed at night. Like I'm seeing, <laughs> I'm seeing the levels in my brain and shit like that. Yeah. I, I had the same thing after I played Metroid for 10 hours one day. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, while Minecraft was a bigger fixture in my life um Mm. like playing that for hours upon hours every day like just day after day um definitely gave me some major tetris effect Uh, yeah just breaking blocks in my in my dreams oh god (laughs) it's it's the worst it's the most pathetic tetris effect too right (laughs) Uh, but anyways uh, i've been playing um some more ghost of uh, tsushima been playing the online multiplayer um which has been a lot of fun they haven't added more levels yet they've talked about um they're going to be adding some more online like survival mode multiplayer levels some story mode levels um and i thought that was going to start coming out this month but um nothing's dropped yet so i think i was wrong on the date for that but it's fun as usual love ghost of uh, tsushima mm-hmm. um hitman 2 went free recently for playstation plus so i picked that up and started playing that 
I played the first one of the reboot and I loved it, but I just never, never got two and I didn't get three that's out this year. Um, so since two was free, I just, I've been playing it and it's a ton of fun. It's so good. Just murder puzzles. You know, they're <laughs> so much fun. What's, what's not to love about a good murder puzzle? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and the last game that I've been playing, um, a lot of actually, I just started playing it, but in like one sitting, I sunk like five hours into it because I was just totally consumed by it. Um, it's called Wildermyth. And it's on PC, and you can play it on MacBook. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And it's basically like a D&D session um, that you can play by yourself. I'm intrigued. I think you might really enjoy this. Because mm. there's a lot of, like, rolling... I mean, you don't really, like, detail customize your characters. It's pretty randomized. But the way that the story is fed to you... Um, and the way you progress through certain stories in like random side adventures and stuff like that, it feels very D and D and it feels like all of the story that you're getting with these characters that you've created is very personal to you, you know, mm -hmm. much like D and D is like your right. session, that story you experience, only you are going to experience it that way. And the way that this game is written, along with some of its procedurally ge generated, like, I think some of the dialogue is procedurally generated. And some of the, like, side adventures are procedurally generated, which I normally would be like, that's probably a knock on it. Mm -hmm. But the way it's able to intertwine these characters, which are, A, completely randomized, all of their, everything about them. So, like, <sighs> okay, let me gather, gather my thoughts on this. I really enjoy this game and I want to sell it. There, when you start the game, you're given three characters and you can you randomize everything about them, their appearance, their name, their backgrounds. It gives them traits like mm -hmm. intelligent goofball or or, you know, snarky uh, thief, you know, things like that. And um, and then these three characters are like your main set. And you have one that's a warrior, one that's a hunter, and then one that's a mage. And, you know, they have their skill sets based on that. And then there is a overarching story that the game has already created for you. But based on these personalities and the way that you have them interact with each other, or the way that they interact with each other by themselves that story kind of takes twists and turns that maybe nobody else has experienced because it's kind of procedurally generating right these relationships and these other side stories and stuff like that so it's it's really interesting in that respect i would highly recommend it for you i think you would really love it um I mean, like, I had two characters who, like, they fell in love and they got married and um, and then they're going on their adventure even more. And, like, towards the end of it, like, one of the characters gets infected and now she's and, – and because this infection's like, spreading through her body, it's changed her personality. So she's no longer – she's more, like, distant from the rest of the group. And then because now that she's distant from the rest of the group – uh, this other character that I have that they've always butt heads, they've they've noticed it and are trying to like 
relate to them more. And this is all based on like events from combat that I that just happened randomly, you know, like huh. it it wasn't destined for this character to ha- for this thing to happen to this character. It just happened. And now all of these different like story moments and life events for these characters have happened because of it. And it's really cool. It's so, I, is this a game that you play through multiple times? Like, like you can, like, yeah, you can play through it multiple times. Um, how, but it's got like an ongoing, um, well, I played through, the first chapter and a half of the first narrative. So it, okay. it, it contains multiple narratives for you to play like a D and D, you know, like a prefabricated okay. world sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, and the very first narrative is three chapters and like in between the chapters are like these like gaps of time. So like after the first chapter in between the first chapter and the second chapter, it was like this 10 year span of peace and then it kind of like tells you what happens based on, you know, what you did in the first chapter and then mm-hmm. how your characters spend those 10 years and stuff. But yeah, and so it has these prefabricated overarching stories. And then while you're in there playing it, then there are all these like side adventures that you run into along the way. And a lot of them are kind of, are just procedurally generated. And it's really oh. cool how that intertwines with A, your play style, be the random traits that your characters have mm-hmm. and and the relationships between your party members so yeah it's so cool That's i think awesome. you'll like it and then when it comes to the actual like gameplay like the combat it's like a it's like a um you're on like a board like you you have squares that you kind of like you you can move like a certain amount of squares like a tactics game okay so, yeah yeah so very, it's really cool very like south park uh Stick of truth esque or or uh, yeah, like a fracture f- hole. Yeah, it's got a very flat um art style. Mm-hmm. Um and I would say it's maybe not for everyone. And I didn't think that I would really enjoy the art style that much, like just by looking at it. Um, but while I'm actually like playing it and everything, it I don't it doesn't bother me. Like it's really it's really fun. It 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 adds to it the whole idea of it being kind of like a D session so, cool yeah yeah i'm looking at the the art style it looks very like um like almost coloring booky like yeah like yeah yeah it's got a very hand-drawn like yeah colored yeah look to it yeah yeah it looks it look it's yeah very much like a everything's kind of set up like a diorama almost like paper craft diorama mm-hmm. like yeah yeah, it looks really cool. It's cool. Um, if you have a some extra money to give it a shot, I really recommend it. I think I think you would like it. I think you'd like it a lot. Yeah, I'll check it out. It looks awesome. But all right. all right. That's the show. I think that's the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Once again, this has been Backlit Games. You can follow the show on Twitter at Batlick Back Batlick? that's our that's our sister podcast where we lick different bats and see if they're poisonous and make you and make you hallucinate like frogs do yeah yeah uh (laughs) at backlit games um where was was i saying you could follow me on twitter at forecast you could follow jordan on twitter at jordan is rad um like share subscribe do all that stuff and um yeah thank you guys for listening and we're out bye